0: and beyond love we talk about love all the time in one form or another that's pretty much all we talk about it's that simple but by no means easy we are beloved by God and we are called to love one another to love our neighbor and those words hopefully direct our lives in profound ways but here this morning Jesus is upping the ante He is telling us in a sense that simply loving those who love us or being kind to those who are kind to us, loving sweet old Mrs. Jones who lives in the house on the corner, isn't enough. We also have to love our enemy. And that can feel overwhelming. How is that possible? How do we do that? What does Jesus even mean by love in this context? What do we mean by love? Love can mean so many different things, and it seems almost too small a word for such a big and foundational concept. It's just four little letters, love. There are four different Greek words in the New Testament for love. One is eros, which is best described as sensual or romantic love. The second is philia, which can be understood as friendship or camaraderie. Another is storge, which is understood as familial love, that affectionate kind of love between brother and sister, or even parent for child. This storge is probably the closest thing that we mere mortals can grasp or, or relate to as we try to understand that love that Jesus is talking about, the love that God has for us. We often compare God's love to the love of a parent for a child because it's something that we can understand, wrap our heads around, but it's not really the same. The word used in this passage is agape. Agape love is how God loves us, pure and perfect. And this is the love that we are called to, to love others as God has loved us. Yes, love God. Yes, love your neighbor as yourself. And listen, folks. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Love our enemies as God has loved us. And it feels like a lot. It feels impossible sometimes. Love your enemies with a pure and perfect love. Recognize what is sacred and holy in them. See the face of God in them. It's countercultural. Jesus is telling us to live our lives with a radically different, radically different vision of our world, to live our lives in a way that is absolutely counter to the prevalent values of our culture in which we isolate ourselves with our allies and we decry our enemies. You are with me or you're against me. And it feels daunting to even try to live in this new way. Jesus is calling us to something more, something higher. He is calling us to go beyond easy love. Well, as if any love is easy, right? Relationships are hard in the best situations. But to go beyond that kind of love to something bigger. And Jesus expects that from us. He expects us to live into this alternate vision of the world. Live into the kingdom of God, not as some future thing, abstract, in the, off in the distance, but as if it is something that we are building right here and right now together. Offer that God to love, agape, to our enemies. You probably don't go through life with a lot of enemies, at least I hope you don't. There are people who have hurt you in your life, I'm sure, and, and those wounds can feel impossible to heal, whether it was a partner or a lover who betrayed or abused you, or a parent who belittled you, or a boss who treated you badly, or maybe just the memory of, a, of a, someone in your youth who teased you or ostracized you on the playground. And those hurts are real. And those people take up space in your heart and in your mind And you may consider them enemies, and you may need to find it in yourself to forgive them. Those are betrayals of eros, philia, and storge, people who you were in relationship with in some form, and that was betrayed. And it hurts. And I think the only way to mend those broken relationships of eros, philia, and storge is often agape, that bigger love. Can you see those people in your mind? Can you see their humanity, their own brokenness? Can you see what is holy in them? Or are you so hurt and so angry that you're not able to see that they are also loved by God? I hope that there aren't too many of those people in your life continuing to hurt you by taking up energy and space in your heart and your mind, agape. When I read this passage, though, and I listen to these words from Jesus, I think more about the enemies I may not even know, but feel like a threat to me and to mine, and it's harder to see their humanity sometimes. It's harder to see that they are holy. You Think about war, people on two opposing sides, say Russia and the Ukraine, and in order to wage war, a hot war or a cold war, we have to vilify them, dehumanize them, forget that they are also children of God. Do you remember the song, the height of um, the Cold War that Sting wrote about Russia? And the, the line that went through it was, I hope the Russians love their children too. Do you remember that song? And the last line is, we share the same biology regardless of ideology, but what might save us, me and you, is if the Russians love their children too. It was Sting's way of humanizing our enemy to acknowledge, in my words, not in his, that they are beloved children of God. We are all the same to God. Agape. This kind of love transcends theology and politics, race, religion, gender, identity, sexual orientation. This is soul love. This is love that recognizes the holy and the sacred in each and every one of us. What is sacred in me recognizes, knows what is sacred in you. And this kind of love rises above our petty judgments and our stereotypes, our hurt feelings, and our broken hearts. This kind of love requires us to see, truly see one another as holy so that the other is no longer the other. They are now us. We are connected at that soul level. We are brothers and sisters. We are all beloved children of God. What is sacred and holy in each of us, recognizing, acknowledging, and loving what is sacred and holy in one another. And that kind of love creates in us when we truly are able to achieve that. Even in a brief moment, it creates in us a wholehearted, unreserved, unconditional desire for the well-being of the other. And this kind of love, this God love, doesn't leave room for, I don't use the S word very often, but I'm going to, it doesn't leave room for the sins of racism or sexism or anti-Semitism or Islamophobia or homophobia or xenophobia or the sins of division, judgment, and condemnation. This kind of love transcends the stereotypes and the barriers that we erect to distance ourselves from those who feel separate from us enemies, strangers. Because at the root of all of these isms, all fears, prejudices, and hostility towards the other is a lack of recognition of the holy and the sacred in that person, the recognition that that human being is also made in the image of God and is loved. There is no way that 17th century slave traders could have thrown innocent men, women, and children into the holds of ships and hauled them clear across the country with conditions that were so awful that half of them didn't make it, and the ones that did were held in bondage. They would not have been able to do that if they understood that those African men and women and children loved one another too, if they saw them as holy, sacred children of God. And this is a blatant, obvious example of how humanity has forsaken agape in the world. And there are so many. But what does that man- how does that manifest in our lives today? We live in a very divisive culture where battle lines are drawn around our political beliefs, our theological beliefs, our societal and cultural beliefs. And we sequester ourselves in our little camps. And I'm going to... Th- and, <coughs> and w- Excuse me. And if you're not with me, you're against me, and I'm going to build a wall around my little tribe to keep us safe, and I'm going to put barbed wire on the top so no one can climb over or climb in, and I'm going to keep us safe. You are my enemy because your ideologies are threatening my core values, the things that I hold dear, whatever those may be. But if you flip that narrative, Donald Trump or Barack Obama... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or Marjorie Taylor Greene, I don't care where you stand, if you flip that narrative and you say, you are sacred. It changes things a little bit, doesn't it? It makes me a little uncomfortable, to be honest. Can I really do that? How? How do I get there? How do I mean it, rather than just giving lip service? How can I love and still acknowledge the hurts, the horrors, and the injustices? But I can. I know I can, I can do it here in this room. I can stand up here and look out at you and say, I may not agree with anything that you say or you believe or you think, but I love you deeply and truly, and I mean it. And if we can do it in here in this room, I know that we can do it out there, anywhere. And Jesus gives us some clear instruction do good for those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Treat all people with honor. Do all your, in your power to support the well-being of the other. Offer praise and protection, recognition of their holiness. Lift all people, especially those you struggle with, up to God and pray for their well-being. Do good. Bless. Pray and just start there one little step at a time, and then you may begin to see the sacred in them, to seek the God in them, and to open your heart, allowing God's love and Holy Spirit to pour in. Is it easy? No. It is an everyday, every minute work. Love your enemies. Do good expecting nothing in return. Be kind to the wicked and the ungrateful. Be merciful. This is hard. And yet, this is what we are called to do. This is the kind of love that God has for us and all of us. And this is the kind of love that we seek to have for one another. God love. Doesn't mean we like everyone. It doesn't mean we agree with everyone or want to spend time with everyone. It doesn't mean we allow ourselves to be trod on or abused. It doesn't mean we don't have passionately held opinions that we will fight for. Or that, we don't turn, or that we turn our back on injustices. But we do it with full recognition that we are loved and we are holy, that we are all loved and holy. Jesus calls us to agape, to recognize and honor the presence of God in one another, to recognize what is holy and sacred in each of us totally desire the well-being of all others for their own good. And the irony of all of this is that when we live that way, when we live in love, we actually get so much in return. It's not altruistic. It is better for all of us. Because the lesson we learn from Jesus is that it is absolutely in our interest to merge with God's interests and with other interests, to live in love and compassion. We are all sacred, and loving our enemies is actually one of the best ways to love ourselves and to love our neighbor and to love God. And I know, I know that we can do that. I know that if we can do that here with one another, we can do it out there.